Hej och välkomna till prestationspodden. Jag heter Caroline Orbeli och jag driver den här podden för att sprida kunskap om stress. Jag gör också det här för att jag vill ta reda på hur lever man i den här världen och mår bra och hur presterar man och mår bra. Japp... Prestationspodden har ett nyhetsbrev så vill du ha mina briljanta gästers bästa tips i din mejlkorg så signa upp. För er som inte har lyssnat tidigare så brukar jag innan intervjun ha lite olika reflektioner av veckan eller om jag har läst något strepp om stress och delar med mig och så. Men lite lustigt eftersom det här ska handla om misslyckande, det här avsnittet så har jag ju misslyckats för första gången att skicka den filen till min klippare. Och dessutom har jag kastat filen. Så det blev inga reflektioner. <laughs> och jag tror att alla klarar sig. Um, så jag tänker att vi går direkt på avsnittet. Men först så vill jag ju bara säga det. Är du intresserad av att boka mig som coach till nästa år uh, så är är du varmt välkommen att gå in på carolinnorbeli.com och signa upp. Och jag jobbar ju mycket med människor med stress, höga prestationskrav, duktiga flickor om man nu får säga det där ordet, högpresterande. Och jag hjälper mina kunder att komma närmare sig själv och hantera stress och prestationskrav. Och är är du intresserad av det så går du också in på carolinorbelli.com och signar upp. Så hör jag av mig så träffas vi på 30 minuters kostnadsfritt första möte. Yogaretritet är ju på och ska du ge dig själv en bra julklapp så varför inte ge dig själv att åka till dig tillsammans med mig och nio andra och vandra i bergen, yoga, äta god mat, reflektera, prata om viktiga ämnen och vara i en miljö som är obegripligt vacker. Gå in på carolinorbeli.com också och signa upp så hör jag av mig med lite mer info. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Jag har till det här avsnittet intervjuat Josh Len. Josh är skådespelare, han är coach och han coachar på stora framgångsrika företag. Och han föreläser och jag fick höra om honom och att han pratar kring ämnet att misslyckas. Och det tycker jag är en enormt viktig det är så viktigt att vi vågar misslyckas. För vad händer när vi går runt och inte vågar göra det? Stort som smått. Att vi misslyckas med att komma ihåg allt gällande barnen. Vi, vi, vi är rädda att misslyckas med att, eh, ja, att göra våra uppgifter på jobbet. Vad händer med oss när vi ständigt går runt med den här känslan? Ja, och för mig att intervjua på engelska, det vet ju ni som lyssnar på mig länge, att det, det har jag svårt för och jag, det känner jag, det är direkt ett misslyckande så fort jag gör det. Det, det är väldigt svårt att hitta orden och man hör ju att jag använder fel tempus och hit och dit, men det, det är också alltid så här när jag får in en favoritgäst så att säga som Josh är, något som jag verkligen är intresserad av att få höra, så är det som att Planeterna står fel, det är fel dag i månaden och energin är liksom inte den jag önskar. Men med det vill jag ju säga att det här är ju för att inspirera er att vara lite mindre rädda för att misslyckas och bara göra. Så lyssna till Josh Len. Welcome to Prestationspodden, Josh. Thank you. Thank you so much, Caroline. Tell me, what got you into coaching? Well, I actually kind of fell into it, I think, by chance. Um, I was working as an actor and then um, became a teacher of theater. And I started uh, teaching improvised theater. And... Um, through that, uh, I started delivering workshops and things for corporations. I'm giving the very abbreviated version here. Um, and I just kind of kept saying yes to things and then realized, uh, how much I loved working with people and helping them use some of the tools that I had learned over the years to make breakthroughs. Uh, so just kind of Uh, doing that, saying yes to things opened up more uh, situations where I could do that. And next thing I knew, I was doing coaching with groups, coaching with individuals. And um, it became a thing, like I got a lot of satisfaction out of that, contributing to that in that way to the world where I was helping to give tools to other people. What kind of tools? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, um, Like tools that I've learned mostly from being an actor and mm. uh, over the years doing the different kinds of acting I have, which is from theater, improvised theater, scripted theater, other kinds of acting. 
that help you break through mostly things like your fear of failure and the things that hold us back from really letting ourselves out uh, because that's what I needed. It was basically all the things that I needed and need consistently in my life uh, to make breakthroughs and to really dare to be more me is what I enjoy passing on to others. Oh, lovely. Uh, for how long did you work as an actor? Um, I think about my acting journey really started about 20 years ago. And um, I have done quite a range of different things during that time. I still work as an actor. I still do mostly stage work. So I, I love improvised theater. I'm an improv nerd. So I do a lot of this work on stage quite often. It's addictive because everything happens in the moment. It's a collaboration with the audience. And uh, when you're really tuned in, you know, so much creativity and collaboration and spontaneity, everything just pours out. It's kind of like magic. Uh, so I do that still. And then uh, over the years, I've done a lot of different things from TV and film and video games and voiceover, all kinds of different things. Uh, have you been afraid yourself as to fail as an actor at stage or? Oh, yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> big time. Um, <laughs> I still am afraid to fail. Uh, I think it's a pretty human experience. Um, I've never really met anyone who doesn't have that fear. Um, but of course, I, I had it way more, I would say, um, when I was younger, a little bit further back in my career, but I still have it. I still have the fear of failure, um, especially when I really want to do good, you know? Like, uh, so before every time we go on stage to do improv, um, right before we go on, we say, let's fail. And it's so liberating. Oh. It's mm. such a, a joyous way to kind of get rid of this desire and, you know, to really shine. Of course, we still have that, but it just allows us to like, it's okay if we're not perfect. Uh, and it's such a liberating feeling. And, and then when I go out on stage, I feel like I can just dare more and take more chances and take more risks. Uh, and then when you see that, when you see actors taking risks, that's the most exciting kind of theater. Oh, mm. yes, so. it is. Uh, and now you work as a coach uh, and with groups, uh, a lot of groups. I, yeah. Or both groups. I, and, mm. I do both groups and one-on-one, uh, -on -one, mm -hmm. but I don't have, try not to have too many one-on-one -on -one clients because I get <laughs> very involved. Uh, but yeah, I do a lot of group coaching, facilitating, uh, leading through workshops. And that, that can be small groups or sometimes very big groups as well. Uh, which is more of like a speaking, interactive talk. But yes, I love to coach groups. I love working with teams. And uh, oh, we didn't say that in the beginning because I asked you before the before I turned on. But you are from San Francisco, <laughs> and you came here to Sweden. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm from San Francisco, California. Uh, I came to Sweden about 14 years ago. Um, and Jakan Svenska, Jakan Prat Svenska. I know we're doing this in English, but uh, I don't, not perfect Swedish, but yes, I'm here <laughs> living here. As, uh, mm. your, your Swedish is probably good. 
I think. But uh, I understand it's hard to learn because everyone wants to speak English. It is, but I, I think it's a great, actually, lesson in failure, right? Uh, and I think I've met a lot of people or had a lot of conversations through failing in Swedish and just, you know, being terrible has led to a lot of kind of fun, you know, discoveries of people. You know, I used to go in the grocery store and at the checkout, they'd be like, Vad är And I'd be like, hur mår du? Look at me like I was crazy. Hur <laughs> <laughs> uh, Like all these mistakes you make. I, I think learning a language is a great, yeah. you know, lesson and constantly failing. Oh. <laughs> it's like the ultimate humbler. Exactly. I understand that. It's uh, also very tiring talking another language. It is. Mm. It is. And uh, because Swedes' level of English is so high, um, it's like, you know, kind of makes it feel like a little bit, if you're not totally safe with yourself, it could feel like, oh no, my Swedish is so bad. They're doing me this favor of switching to English. <laughs> you know, so uh, you can lose a lot of daring or confidence. I think a lot of people give up that can also be tiring. But yeah, of course, it is tiring in the brain to learn a language. Yeah, it is. Um, tell, um, my niche as a coach is uh, stress and achievements. And mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. yours seems to be f- making mis- as a mistakes and failure or... Yeah, I think m- most of what I do uh, in groups... So I, I run two different sessions that are kind of like my main things that I do. One is called Fail Gloriously. And that is all about changing our mindset towards failure instead of seeing it as, a, as this huge problem that cripples us, seeing it as an opportunity uh, and turning it into a growth moment and when and really failing gloriously. And when we're able to adopt that mindset in teams or individuals, it can uh, it creates a lot of safety you know, and psychological safety is like the number one key factor in building high-performing teams, according to Google's study, Project Aristotle. So, uh, but personally, when I'm in a group where I feel safety, like in my theater ensemble, that's when I can bring my biggest, boldest self to the table and really take chances and have access to all my creativity. Like that feeling of safety is wonderful. And so I work with a lot of groups to help create that, to create safety and uh, support and really boost creativity and collaboration. Mm, how cool. That must be so interesting to follow a group like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's the best when you get to work with a group more than once and mm. you get to see, uh, you know, the leaps that they can make together uh, once they start to build that, you know, because it takes time. You know, sometimes I work with a group once and then it's kind of like uh, you don't really get to see that group again. But the best is when you get to see the progression of a group really building it, working on it together when you're not there uh, and really implementing some of the learnings and the tools. Um, Those groups often do amazing things. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Why are we so afraid of failing, do you think? Hmm. Wow, uh, it's pretty deep rooted. I, I think it it can look differently for everyone. I think there is uh, a big failure of kind of being a, a fear of belonging, right? Mm-hmm. So if we fail somehow, we're going to be kind of kicked out of the group, or it's you know shunned, or it's going to be this huge kind of embarrassment. Uh, and I think that it drives a lot of the fear of failure. Uh, I know, I think that's a lot of where things come from, from me is kind of how I was raised personally. I was raised in a very um, high achievement kind of culture. You know, my both my parents uh, really came up that way. You know, my dad was like PhD by age 25 and mm. uh, my mom also had a master's degree and I grew up in a, the environment where I grew up in, in the Bay Area, I grew up in Marin County, which is a lot of high achievers, mm. you know, a lot of success. So, um, yeah, I think if you were actually going to take a risk and do something maybe differently, um, you don't want to be, you don't want to fail, right? Like anything outside of like creating some comfortable life is a failure. Mm. It's quite common, I think, uh, among our parents to have that mindset mm-hmm. they are they are they are often like that my parents is the same high mm. achievement mm-hmm. you should look it should look good and ah oh, we don't talk about the dark things i mean they yeah. are a little bit like that right all of them i think not all of them but many so i think many people can can uh, recognize what you explained yeah mm. Definitely. Um, appearances are important a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's, I, I think that that kind of starts at an early age. I also think at school, you're not allowed to fail, no. you know, for anyone who goes to school. Mm. And uh, we need to succeed. A failure is an F, you know? So um, it's not really safe at school to take chances. And this is too bad because I think, Kids at an early age, I see it with my kids, you know, as soon as they become kind of 
preteen, early teens, uh, there's less daring, there's less risk taking mm. than there was when you're like six, seven, and you're super daring and you're you're mm. funny and anything's possible, you know. Uh, and I think it's too bad because there's a really good opportunity in school to get kids up presenting all the time, being creative. Uh, putting out their point of view, trusting their voice and their creativity, except it goes the other way. It's so... Have you ever been to school, um, I mean, having them as a customer? Yeah, I've worked with schools and I've worked with teachers. Mm. Uh, and I think this is really important because um, teachers have an incredibly tough job. But to create safety in a classroom is so important because there's such a desire to fit in, right? To be cool and um, to be part of the group. And I think it kind of goes against what we want in all our workplaces, right? We want people, we want diversity and different ideas and people not fitting in because that's going to lead to worse creativity and worse products. But we have such a desire to be part of the group. And then I think it's how do you foster an environment, especially in school, that allows safety and daring? It's hard. I mean, we're all just human too, <laughs> teachers also. And when I look upon my customers, I think uh, the problem is that when we fail, we mm. don't really know how to take care of ones. Um, uh, what do you say? Take care of each other? Or no, right. not each other. Like support each other. Uh, uh, nah. We know how to share when someone is doing good or yeah. when I'm doing good. Yeah. I know how that, that is. But when it's the opposite, when when mm. I failed, I, I don't know or I know, but <laughs> many people that doesn't know how to take care of that. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, we have a culture sometimes, not every place, uh, but of shaming, blaming, mm. Punishing, that's what we do oftentimes when we fail, we punish ourselves or we punish others. But the truth is failing is like the most normal thing to do, right? It would be super abnormal not to make any mistakes uh, and not to get anything wrong. And the truth is most failures are not worthy of punishment. Um, Dr. Amy Edmondson, I'm a big fan of her work. She's like a Harvard professor who coined the term psychological safety. She th surveyed thousands of leaders about failure. And it turns out leaders only think two to 5% of failures are actually worthy of punishment, like some kind of deviant behavior. But we, we punish or we shame and we blame. So if we had environments where we could really share failures right? And um, take accountability and be like, hey, I did this wrong uh, without punishing uh, and just talk about what can we learn from this? What can we all learn from this? Uh, then we would create way more safety. Have you seen companies after you worked with them sharing when they have done mistakes? Yeah. So that's part of the workshop that I do is we actually share failure stories and we don't just share them, we actually celebrate them, mm -hmm. uh, which can feel really awkward. Is to we One of the things we practice is really celebrating failure, like loving it. Um, and it can feel awkward, especially if it's like a failure that involves other people. But the idea behind it is to reframe the failure and to see it as some kind of gift, some kind of something we can make a positive learning about. And so there's plenty of companies that I've worked with who are, some of them are already good at trying to do this differently. Uh, but I hear from many teams that they've continued to share 
failure and it's really stuck. And um, it's really been uh, a huge bonding together as a team and it creates an amazing learning environment. Because the more you dare to be open and vulnerable, and uh, it just creates instant connection. So anytime a, a team decides to do this, it's going to build more connection, more safety, and more learning. So I, I think a lot of people get afraid that, oh, if we're celebrating failure or if we're sharing failures, it's going to make us more okay failing and then people won't care as much. And I think it's the opposite, is that um, it's, it makes people hungrier to get better, to grow, to learn. You know, it makes people more curious and, you know, like drives development and innovation and improvement rather than makes people more complacent. Yeah, because what happens with people when, when they're afraid of failing? What happens? Well, mm. uh, I can speak personally is I'm walking around tense mm. uh, and... I'm in my head, maybe get some anxiety or stress about trying to get it right and I want to succeed. And when I'm in that state, I have way less access to creativity um, and all the like all the best parts of me uh, because I'm just focused on like, oh, I got to get this right. And I think a lot of people go to work like that every single day. And they're in environments where like, oh my God, I don't want to screw this up. Uh-oh. Uh, and we play it safe. We don't take chances. And because of that, we're probably do, not doing ourselves or the companies a favor, right? The last thing you want to do right now is play it safe. Uh, so um, it can cause a lot of mental health repercussions, like stress and anxiety. And we stop breathing <laughs> properly because yeah. we're afraid. Uh, What happens to you when you're, when you're afraid? No, I, when I'm afraid, I exactly... As you said, I'm uh, mostly up in my head, not breathing. Um, I don't get creative. I get very tense and like I'm not myself at all. Uh, oh, that's so interesting you said that. And how do you notice you're not yourself? Um, I'm very tense and I can't really find the words. <laughs> and, mm. uh, it is awful to be that afraid and it can yeah. happen. Do you do you notice like do you are you ever like putting on a bit of a performance in a way like do you use I'm a very bad voice in or? I don't have any performance I'm very much myself <laughs> okay. unfortunately yeah. but I per, but I am I I play tennis for example I lost a tennis match because of this behavior mm -hmm. against a player who is not as good as me and I I I stopped I stopped playing and was like mm -hmm. um, losing my game completely up in my head, not yeah. breathing. It was awful. And it was like four hours game in 30 degrees. And I was, I was so <laughs> uh, mm. sad afterwards. Um, yeah. So you basically lost the match to yourself. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I was, I, I comp oh, exactly. Uh, I, I, Both, both played and I uh, acted strange in the same match. And yeah. she, she didn't have to do anything. <laughs> totally. I, uh, I think that's why doing things like playing sports is so valuable mm. to really learn about yourself and uh, how your mind works, right? Mm. Because 
this your mind is po- doing this no matter what the arena, whether it be sports or work or things mm. like that. And in sports like tennis, you have way less daring or creativity, or you're not going to go for that cross court winner, <laughs> or like <laughs> all those things you can probably do when you're feeling confident. Yeah, it is so you you notice directly how your how your mind is mm-hmm. when you're on, on tennis court. It's ah. Uh, uh, yeah. And I think this is why it's so important to have these experiences mm. and uh, to practice failing, to have an area where you actually mm. fail quite mm. a bit. I think that's a big part of like the workshop I do. Yeah. If I do like a three-hour workshop, like the first act, which I would say is like 45 minutes, mm. is everyone fails over and over and over and over and over again uh, through fun exercises and we just practice reframing it. Oh. So instead of like the, you know, it usually starts off as I'll catch people like <clears throat> like punishing themselves, even if it's something that really doesn't matter, like an exercise that's very low stakes, people want to succeed. So they'll get it wrong and they'll be like, oh, damn it, damn it. You know what I mean? And so we practice like really full body celebrations, which is super liberating sometimes. Uh, because if you're hard on yourself, which it sounds like you are. Mm. and <laughs> At cool, in tennis uh, anyway. Okay, in tennis. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, yeah. Mm. Uh, well, that's good. I can be very hard on myself. I have like a very harsh inner critic. Mm. I mm. expect so much like mm. perfection. Uh, and when I don't get it, I can be very brutal to myself. And so this is... This is probably why I do this work because I need it so badly. Yourself. I uh. need, yeah, I need it so much. So uh, we practice a lot the celebrating of it. And when you reframe it, mm. it can lift something right away that allows us to be a little bit bigger, a little bit bolder, more daring, uh, and more comfortable taking risks and failing. Uh, so that is huge. And I think we don't often practice how does it feel to fail and how do we react to it and what does that actually do? How does that affect us? Because if we're constantly mean to ourselves, um, it's not a great feeling. Nay. Of course, I have an inner critic uh, even even in uh, other situation, but I, somehow I chose this job where I... As a coach, you don't need to have an inner critic. What, what do you call it? Inner critic? Inner, inner critic. Inner critic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, failing, failing. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> good, good. It's about time. <laughs> like you were way too perfect. Okay. Neyman, uh, mm-hmm. so um, I think I chose, t- uh, I mean, I created this job, mm-hmm. so I don't need to, f- I, I'm, it's hard to fail yeah. as a coach. Yeah, it's hard to fail as a podcaster. Well, I can't, I, I I can fail, but it's not. It's not as if I w- worked for an, a company with a people had expectations and stuff. Mm. 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 Okay. Mm. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, so when you're at a company and people have expectations for you to deliver. Mm. Then you're like, oh, I got to get this right. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I don't really know working with right and wrong. <laughs> now you start to, to, I mean, I love to have my freedom sort of yeah. to create. So uh, Yeah. 
But when you're coaching, mm-hmm. you don't feel that same pressure. It's like, I need to get this right. I need to, this session. I sometimes, need to get. Okay. In, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes when I meet someone who is very tense themselves, per, yeah. uh, you want them to loose up. Mm-hmm. Perhaps that inner voice is coming to me, but not very often. It's like, yeah. you know, as probably is for you, it's like um, you're... It's your thing. It's yeah. easy. It comes easy. To- yeah. Mm. So you've found the thing that you get to really tune into mm. you, mm. right? And it mm. feels like, and I think that's so, that's why I love to pass on mm. this work, mm. right? Because I think, because uh, it sounds like in this role as coach, mm. you have kind of been able to get over a lot of your fear mm. of failure, right? Mm. And that's when you can really, unleash your authenticity mm. and passion and creativity, uh. right? So mm. you're like very tuned in. And when you get in this role, you're very like, yes, I'm in me, I'm mm. present. Mm. Uh, and you're not worried about that. Mm. Uh, that's exactly where I, what I want to do is to help all people, like mm. no matter what role they're doing, if they're like a software engineer or a marketing professional, or what it is, is to get to that place where they feel that they can really be more themselves, because uh, that's when we're magnetic, right? And that's when we can let out our our passion, our creativity, and our vulnerability, and all these things. You also help people uh, having speeches, no? Yeah. Uh, so I, I work uh. a lot. I have a. I do this thing called presenting passionately. So um, I do it as a workshop or a one-on-one coaching and I really help people tune into their authentic voice and express their authentic passion. Oh, I would love to come. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this work because uh, presenting or speaking, it should be fun, mm-hmm. right? It should be something enjoyable, but for most people, it's just terror. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it uh, that stops us from letting out our passion, which is inspiring, you know, that's when we're magnetic, that's when we move people, um, is the fear of failure and the fear of looking ridiculous or people not reciprocating like, oh, your passion's stupid or imposter syndrome or all the things that hold us back mm. is if we can bust through those and let out the passion, it, it's, it's wonderful because I think that's when, like you, you're tuned into your best self, mm. right? And you're living your highest values. Uh, it's just not easy to get there. No, but when it comes to having speech, I think it's, or yeah. I, I I don't really like it at all. And mm. uh, when someone asks me to speak about stress for the companies and stuff, I charge them so high that they won't <laughs> <laughs> say yes. <laughs> oh. That's great. But oh. what happens when they do say yes? Oh. But, but then I can... Yes, practice for a long time because then okay. I charge them well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, like that. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're avoiding these opportunities, really. Mm-hmm. I have done it several times, but it's um, I don't sleep before, and yeah. uh, I, I think it's uh, very scary. Um, so, what what is the biggest fear? Mm-hmm. Biggest fear is. Um, I don't know uh, that the thing I say is not in uh, the right 
thing to mm. say, sort of. Uh, okay. Mm, because they often want to like, can you t- say something about stress, but what do they want? And, uh, gotcha. But also just to stand there, I think it's... it's and uh, have the eyes uh, on you. Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And what do you think? Um, well, I mean, it, it's it sounds like for you is the idea of all these people judging you, mm. right? Uh, or thinking, oh, that's not smart or everyone knows that or I don't know what it mm. is, exact, the exact thoughts. What do I think is the scariest? Mm. <sighs> well, I think I've suffered from all the different things that I mentioned, like the fear of judgment or imposter syndrome. I remember using used to be a big one for me because I, I teach it like uh, Stockholm School of Economics in mm, the executive yeah. MBA sometimes. Mm. And I remember in the beginning being like, oh, well, what, what do I have to give mm. these people? Oh, right? That is the same for me, I yeah. think. Oh, they they work at a real company. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, who and who am I? I'm just a, <laughs> a stress coach. Oh, exactly. And who am I? I'm this uh, actor and uh, blah, blah, you know. Uh, uh, so that I think is powerful, right? And that is a big one. Of course, being judged. The tough thing is, I think here's the rub, is that you're going to be judged either way, right? If you dare to like let out your passion or not. Um, but I, I think there are all these mind-made things uh, that hold us back, that make us play it small. Mm. So the good news is we can bust through all of them. And I think you need to take the opportunities anyway. And sometimes, you know, I did that business school gig anyways. And um, I actually learned, no, I have a lot to say. And even if some of the people know what I'm saying, they don't know the way I'm saying it or the way I look at it. And I think that's really valuable. And I think a lot of people go into a room, you know, some of the companies I work with uh, hire very high performers. So it's like, oh, if I'm not super senior, or even if I am, some of these 20 people I'm talking to might know more about this than me. Maybe, but they don't know your unique view on it. Mm-hmm. And I think imposter syndrome is so unbelievably crippling. Oh. Uh, but you can you can get through these things. But again, you need a place where you can practice letting it out and uh, really letting your voice out and daring and breaking all the rules, you know, uh, of who we think we need to be when we're presenting. This is the thing is I think most people when they do make these talks uh, are playing a role, right? We're yeah, that's what I do. I've been okay. talking about mm. things which is not important when I go mm. into a company because I think that they... W- I've been to H&M and I've been to Ralph Lauren and I, I've been many times at H&M. But I think I need to... I think I know what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. So I... I I prepare that, but instead I I I would love to come there as me and just speak from my heart, as I do in the podcast, sort yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. And um, uh, you probably do you're not, that. You're not giving yourself permission. Nay. No, uh, because you are you're thinking, oh, this is not what they want. They don't want me to come in and speak Mm. from the heart. But Mm. when it is actually probably what they want. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Next time. Next time. Next (laughs) Next time. We're going to talk beforehand. I'm going to give you encouragement to to let it out. (laughs) Uh, But it takes time. I mean, it takes a lot of practice. Mm. I I honestly think it takes like 
small steps, mm. right, to improve your comfort zone. I always say to people, like, do one bold thing, new thing, every time you present, uh, every single time, because then it's going to, you're going to, your comfort zone is going to grow and you're going to let you out more and more and more and more. Oh, uh. I mean, I'm doing some things on stage that I would have never dreamed about doing 10 years ago. I would have thought, who is that crazy person? Uh, you know, but uh, because I, you know, try to break through a little bit each time. Oh, fantastic. Have you done mistakes, as you remember, as a person or at stage that, I mean, as you, not that you regret now, but as... as oh, that haunt me or... Uh, that affected you, a mistake that you really remember? Mm. Uh, lots, you know, uh, lots of failures. I've been in, I mean, I do improv, right? So uh, that, for those of you who don't know what improv theater is, is every it's theater without a script, so everything is created in the moment. And I've been in some horrible shows. Uh, mm. And I've also done some horrible scenes, uh, I did one show that was painful. I don't. Do you, are you looking for a specific one? Or no, I, I was just thinking if uh, you have. I mean, the thing that you are um, teaching or coaching other people in failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I was thinking if there is a failure you have learned by, uh, which made you come up with this idea, sort of. Oh, yeah. Okay, that made me... Mm. Uh, actually, um, this work came into my life when I was, like, 19 years old, I think. Uh, when I started doing improv theater, um, I really wanted to do improvisation, but I was really terrified. And I went to a class. This was back in San Francisco. And... Uh, I remember going to the class, it was like 15 people and people of all different ages. I was like the youngest or one of the youngest. And I remember feeling terrified, like, oh no, I'm (laughs) just afraid to fail, right? To like, to suck and have these people judge me uh, that I didn't know. And the room felt really cold. And the teacher, Laura, this amazing woman, Laura Derry came in and she was so playful. And she said, in this class, if you fail, you can take a failure bow and say, I failed. And everyone is going to clap for you and cheer for you. And I was like, what? That's, <laughs> that's really different. I've never heard of that before. And uh, then she was giving instructions to an exercise and she failed. And she said, I failed with all this enthusiasm. And we kind of looked at each other like, okay. And we started clapping. Mm, Like, all right, cool. Uh, And what started happening in that class is I started throwing myself on stage. I was so daring. We all were so daring. Uh, And the room wasn't cold. Like, it was warm. Everyone was having fun. And did we fail? Yes, we did. Uh, But the work in that class got so much better. We all improved, like, immensely because it was not only safe to fail, but we were going to get a standing ovation, right? We were going to get cheered for. 
so every time we did something, we dared and it came out wrong, we used it as a positive and we learned and we got better. And that created this amazing safety. And I think that was like transformative for me. And it was the beginning of this work getting inside of me. And uh, then when I started doing more improv and teaching improv, it just became something I was obsessed with passing on to others, right? Is creating the right environment. Because I've also had teachers that have gone the other way where I felt totally unsafe. And then I'm like, ooh, tense and I'm not daring and I have no access to creativity and I'm doing really bad work, really safe work. Uh, and that's a horrible feeling. So I want to give that to, uh, to others. But when you fail, uh, how do you take care of yourself except for sharing? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, right when you fail, I think it's it's impossible to celebrate the failure in that moment, right? Because it hurts, failing mm -hmm. hurts. And I think it's good to go through the emotions of it mm -hmm. rather than like mask it or pretend it doesn't happen. Uh, so, um, you know, sometimes, I, I, I mean, I've had situations where I felt horrible. Like I come out of a workshop, something went wrong or I failed someone mm. or whatever and then I'll just have to kind of like ugh, feel horrible for a little bit like I, I'm specifically thinking of one time where it was like oh I had to get on the couch and just like lie there for four hours um, and then one of the things I love to do is take a walk out in nature uh, that really helps me I have a forest that I go to nearby I have a dog I like mm. to get out uh, and then I'll call a friend someone I can share it with mm. and talk about it Um, and I also have a weird little ritual that I like to do, um, maybe not right after, but sometimes I'll play these failures like movies in my mind, like little failure movies. Mm -hmm. And when they come up and I'm watching them, some, instead of just being like, oh, here it is, oh no, and forgetting Cramping. all the emotions, uh. I'll add a little version of me uh, in my mind, giving it a standing ovation. Oh. And being like, "Woo, yeah, Josh, way to put yourself out there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, way to go. You failed. And um, try and turn it into some kind of learning. And that has helped me process some painful failures that I carried around for years. Um, because you do. Sometimes you just carry them around. And it's nice to get rid of them. But you worked with really big companies like Spotify and uh, McKinsey and uh, perhaps many more. What have you noticed is the, when you work with them, what is the, mo what kind of difficulties do they have with failure or? Yeah, I think at companies like that is mm. they hire so many high performers And uh, these are people who want a lot out of themselves and others. What, what? That, I mean that they they are not team players, sort of. Or they no, no. I, I mean, um, well, I mean, Spotify hires some of the most lovely people on the planet who yeah. are super team mm. players. Mm. Uh, it's just that you know these are also people who are very driven mm. and um, have performed their whole mm. lives. Sometimes go to amazing schools and this and that. So you. Uh, they expect a lot of the, out of themselves, and I think higher performers can be um, can be quite hard on themselves. Also, yeah, is one have. thing. And sometimes, uh, not all the time, is we wait until we have a really good idea before we share it, 
right? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, because we're, we're very self-critical, mm-hmm. you know? And so sometimes we'll hold back ideas until we know they're fully baked or they're good uh, to throw them out. And I think, um, yeah, sometimes it's good to really lower the bar and put out something really mediocre or really yeah. obvious um, or really crazy uh, because, yeah, sometimes, you know, as high performers, we're, we're just instantly critical to ourselves and our own ideas. It's hard to get excited about our own ideas because we pick them apart occasionally. Mm. Uh, so sometimes that's what happens at, at companies like that. Uh, but I think there's a lot of team players. A lot of people really want to collaborate and have great intent. That doesn't make it easy all the time, of course. So sometimes I try to help uh, come in with some tools that allow collaboration to and creativity to kind of boost. Mm. And that comes in with you know making it more safe to fail. And the only way to do that is to take away judgment, right? And I think when we go through school and we're educated, we learn critical thinking. And so sometimes when we're working with people, we look for problems instead of possibilities and we get in like a critical listening mindset uh, without really knowing it because it's very subtle and we think it's helping, but sometimes it doesn't. It kind of puts a lid on creativity. So if we take it away and we add a lot of energy and enthusiasm, boom, creativity explodes. Um, Exactly. And I think it's not, the, I mean, it's not. It's just our own cri- critical uh, thinking, which is the worst one. Yeah. And they have that high performance. My customers are often high performance, so yeah. I know. And it's ah, uh, oh, uh, it's very interesting to work with people like that, though, because mm. they can easily adapt to new. Have you noticed that? It's they are very uh, easy to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just curious, like, what do you, what would you do? Because I, I feel like I'm kind of this person. Sometimes uh, very hard on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, what might you? How would I you, work a lot with compassion, mm. which is from yoga. I'm, yeah. And uh, we haven't been taught how to give ourselves compassion when we fail, uh, or when it's yeah. as I said in the beginning. Uh, so how do you? Uh, so I try to encourage them to learn compassion and to mm. talk to themselves with nice words. Even when they just drop something on the floor, it's not like, oh, it's, you should talk to yourself kindly. Because when you have that voice, it's not as bad standing up in front of an audience right? Uh, yeah. uh, because you know that you have yourself with you uh, mm-hmm. as, uh, as a team. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you can... Yeah, instead of being like, oh, I'm such an idiot. Uh, Be like, uh, oh, it's uh, okay. No mm, problem. Everyone mm, drops stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and and mean and you have to practice that voice mm. to mean it because it's it's often very you you um, it sounds silly in the beginning to talk nicely to yeah. yourself. Mm. It's so much easier to be supportive of a friend than it is your own yourself. Um hey, what is the best advice you've got when it comes to uh, personal development or your own personal development? It's it perhaps a very hard question. Wow, that is a hard question. The best advice. Um, well, 
I don't. I think one piece of advice that has stuck with me is that I think it's a Jim Rohn quote, like "You are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with." Uh, I definitely think there is a. I believe that that who you put around you matters a lot, mm. and uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I I really think it's important to kind of yeah be around people who are inspiring and mm. genuine and curious Good. and want to be around and I think that inspires me to be more that way so I try to be really selective of what kind of people do you like to hang out with uh, I, I really like to hang out with people who are not afraid to like have bad stuff going on or tough mm. stuff, you know, to have real conversations um, and are supportive and can lift you up. And, you know, not just like, hey, let's just hang out and talk about nothing. Mm. Uh, that's kind of like my worst nightmare. Mm. <laughs> so I like to be with people who are, you know, introspective, thinking about themselves, how can they get better, um, thinking about life, people you can be real with. Do you find many of them among the men? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's such a, a good question. Um, no, I I think it's hard, mm -hmm. of course. Um, <laughs> I get why that's so funny. Um, I think it's hard, of course. I think men would like to be that way, but it's not always easy to, or no. you don't. We don't have the tools as as much. We don't have it in in us, and that's not how we normally hang out. Uh, so maybe it's kind of harder. But I do find that a lot of people do enjoy being talking and being real, even if they're men, if they get the right opportunity. Mm. But yeah, it's it's harder. Mm. It's definitely harder. Uh, Among and now I'm very <laughs> straightforward, but among actors, perhaps you find some of them. They are more sensitive and. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh. yeah, I think uh, actors tend to be a little bit more mm. sensitive mm. and a little bit more. I don't know. In touch with themselves mm. in certain ways. Mm. Uh, many have done some kind of therapy or at least mm. thinking about stuff. And I'm not saying like I'm some enlightened Buddha. Nee, nee, nee. Uh, uh, so please don't it was me get that from me. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I think there's a, a thirst and a curiosity mm. uh, to have conversations about real stuff and Im improve as people. Mm. I think that for me, that's really important for personal growth. For me, uh, and sometimes I think I I I forgot forget that, and you're spending time with wrong type of people, and mm -hmm. it affects you so much, especially when you have your own company and you need to be very um, need to be be yourself a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. That was a big one for me in mm. work. Like, who do I want to work with? And as an actor, sometimes you get, um, this is one of the things that kind of turned me off from scripted theater mm. is it can be great, but if you get stuck with a couple bad apples and you're telling the same story for three months, it can be kind of painful. Uh, you know, so I think like now, uh, whatever career choice you and I want to work with people who are great. Mm. 
mm. and when, or inspiring or I feel positive about. That's why it's so important to create these safe environments, but so hard if you have someone who's critical and complaining and, you know, it can really drain. So I think that's important. But I'm curious about you. What What is your personal growth advice, like best advice you've got? Oh, yeah. um, um, do, do what makes you happy. Mm. Um, because I worked in, the adver- in advertising and I did it because it looked good. Mm-hmm. Because I thought my <laughs> everyone wanted me to be there. And then I, I knew I should work with people. I should work as a te- therapist or a coach or something. But it, but it was not just... Uh, I couldn't see... It, I was young as well, uh, so as yeah. a young person, it's it feels more. It's strange to help others, sort of. Mm. So, but then it was a coach who really uh, told me that um, you should do what's fun for you. It was like I was mm. so shocked. Like fun? Should we have fun? <laughs> Shouldn't we work? Yeah. My father has just. Told me you should work, and I've seen him mm-hmm. work, and it it mm-hmm. hasn't been fun. No. It's hard. No. Uh, yeah, but uh, so that was a big game changer for me. Mm. That's wonderful. Mm. No, I'm I, I'm so happy to hear that because when you are having fun, mm. it's such an amazing thing yeah. uh. to work. You know, to do things because mm. it feels easy, mm. and meaningful. Mm. Why do you think Swedish people are? so stressed and uh, outburned and mm. that's uh, something I've actually wondered about I mean I have been here a while I think um, there because you look at Sweden you know as an American like mm. objectively you're like mm. oh there's a really good work-life balance in mm. Sweden uh, however, I don't know if it's like this in all of Sweden. I can only really speak for my experience in Stockholm. Mm. I feel like there's a lot to live up to here. Yeah. Right? Mm. I feel like you have to have a great job. You have to be a great parent. You have to, um, uh, you know, not just like be around, but be a super engaged parent. You got to have a nice apartment. You got to have good looking clothes. You got to, like, there's mm. a lot of pressure. It is. Um- and, um, it's funny, I moved, like last year, I moved away from Sweden for half a year. We were living in Mallorca in Spain. Mm, we're about in Mallorca. Uh, in Calamayor. Mm, I yeah. love Mallorca. Oh mm. my God, I love Mallorca. Mm. Like right out, you know, it's part of Palma, but it's mm. a little bit I, I outside. Know, I know, yeah, I know. I was there this summer. The beach summer. is incredible. Uh, I love mm. Mallorca too. And I would come back to Sweden to do jobs and I would see, I would just walk the streets of Stockholm and I'm like, oh my God. People are carrying a lot of weight. You mm. can just see it. Mm. Uh, and I'm kind of sensitive to stuff like that. And you just feel it. Like there's, it's heavy. And I'm, it's kind of surprising because it is kind of an easier life here in many ways than other Western countries mm. where there's a lot more hustle bustle. And, uh, you know, you can pick your kids up, you can put it all together, but that doesn't mean it's easy. There's not a lot of help. There's a lot of, we can manage this on our own, you know? And I think it's exhausting. Uh, so I I think there, you know, it's a lot of this stuff that you're working with is to, is to live up to these expectations that 
and I don't know where, what are the expectations? Cause I feel like they're not clearly laid out, but like we need to be perfect. We need to check all the boxes. Yeah. It is so true. And you forget about, it's good to hear because it makes me think about that. I shouldn't follow those uh, rules or mm. hidden rules. I mean, and it's like it, it's a competition going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of. But I'm, I'm like, is it against each other or is it against like, who, who are we playing against? Uh, you know, who's mm -hmm. the competition against? Um, it's like this idea of how we're supposed to be. And I think it's, it's intense. I, I also notice, I feel like there's a lot of, I'm sure there's a lot of pressures that I'm forgetting about because I haven't lived in the States. I know there is as well. Um, but yeah, there is a lot of stress here in this small country. Yeah. Uh, it's especially in Stockholm, mm. it feels mm, it like is tight. It's, People are tight. Uh, you know, I feel it when I'll, I'll come from, our, when I get to Orlando, like I just was in Spain and Rome. Uh, and it's so, you know, in Italy, uh, it's so relaxed and everyone's happy uh, and name. talking to me. I'm like, oh, this is so nice. Mm. And then we get to Orlando and the plane arrives and like on the walk to baggage claim, I see people make this like, body metamorphosis, you know, you like yeah. feel like your sphincter tightening, everyone's just kind of tightening up and you get into this like kind of tense mode. It's so weird. Yeah, it is. It's like you're a different person when you're in, mm -hmm. uh, I'm often in Dea in Mallorca. Oh, you are? Uh, oh, uh, Dea. Wow, uh, I love uh, it. And it's like... I am someone else. I look so much better. It's like the only time I can take pictures because I re I'm relaxed. Yeah, uh, yeah. The face relaxes, uh, mm, and mm. no, it's it's true. I I guess a lot of it has to do with the weather too, right? I don't know. But it's something else. It, it is, is something. something else. It's something I don't know. It's how you are seen when you walk. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, when you go into town having a coffee, someone sees, look at you, and yeah. you look back. It's some connection. I think yeah. it's connection. It's a connection. Uh, mm. And it, and we're not allowed to like have genuine connection no. No. in a different way. No. Like it's harder to just strike up a conversation and laugh and joke and. Mm. Um, but how can you and me change this for our own lives or and yeah. those and for this is a good this is a, also a great question i think one of the things i've learned because uh, i've also met a lot of people who've moved here from abroad mm. but personally is that i have to be willing to take the first step i think swedes love to talk you yeah. know and swedes are very they uh, want to look at each other and yeah. um and and when you open up the doors, so but it always it almost always takes me initiating, and then sometimes I think during COVID I noticed myself running out of a little energy for that because it felt like I don't know it felt a little bit like my neighbors were hiding from me like <laughs> like they're yeah. out walking the dog and they're like I'm not here don't look at me mm. uh, nothing to see here uh, but I really I think it takes breaking the rules or, you know, mm. finding the energy to take the extra step and put the energy out and you'll get the energy back it, most of the time. It's true, actually. But I think I do that sometimes and then you sort of get out of it uh, mm -hmm. and then you get back to it. But yeah. it's such a reminder when you go abroad yes. uh, to I, start <laughs> your own uh, day. Yeah. 
here. here. Um, exactly. Mm. It, it starts with you. Because mm. mm. I have met a lot of Swedes who've gone abroad. And then they're like, when they're moving home, they're like, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to mm. be social and I'm going to do this. And then they get home and they, you know, mm. you turn Swedish. Uh, this happens to a lot of foreigners is they will fall in love with a Swede abroad. And then the Swede will be like, we're moving to Sweden. And then they come home and they're like, who is this person? Oh. <laughs> I don't recognize them because abroad Swedes are spontaneous and relaxed yeah. and full yeah. of energy and the, sometimes the life of the party, you know? Mm. And then you come to Sweden and it's like, ooh, it, some of that goes away. Um, yeah. Or, uh. or it's a totally different person. Maybe we have to go. That's why it must... We must be able to travel without uh, destroying the uh, planet because mm. living here all the time is not <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm. No, I like that. Mm. You got to create your own dea. Here. Mm. Mm. It's worth creating because exactly. Caladea, I swam oh. in that mm. uh, cove when I was there nee. two weeks ago. Nay, nee, you oh. did. It was clear. Or... It was like... I don't know, November 1st, and it was perfect. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, lovely. <laughs> it's such a, it's best, it's the best time of year now, I guess. Yeah. Um, Less tourists, mm. still great weather. Oh. Uh, they uh, has to wait. Yeah, has to wait. <laughs> it has to wait a little bit. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for coming uh, to Prestationspodden. It's been so interesting to taught you and if someone wants to come come in contact with you mm-hmm. uh, what is best oh thank you uh, joshlen.com mm-hmm. uh, and my last name is l-e-n-n um, yeah. I'm on LinkedIn That's I don't do any other social networks because I got tired of them but I do stuff on LinkedIn and then uh, my other one is boldandconfident.se that's the name of my other company mm. so yeah. that's that's where you can find me Mm. Uh, <laughs> but thank you so much for having me it's been yeah. so nice to talk uh. hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out Quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50-80% to 80% less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Tack alla ni som lyssnar. Och jag blir superglad om ni lämnar en recension. Springer och berättar för alla era vänner om mina avsnitt. För jag behöver ju spridning. Och ju mer spridning ni ger, ju längre kommer jag hålla på. Så det är liksom ett hot det här. Men hur som helst, vi hörs nästa vecka. Ha det bra. 